Jeff, welcome back from the crypt for another horror pod short. What, no Neil this time? It is I, Neil. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, channeling my inner inner horror demon. <laughs> <laughs> What's um, the theme for this podcast, Horror Short, Jeff? Well, I'm glad you asked, Neil. <laughs> for this short, I want to talk about film censorship and its relationship over the years to horror movies released in the UK. What, you mean like 1815 PG certificate? Yes, although the certificates have changed many times over the years, and it's usually horror films which have driven that change. So these restrictions have been enforced since the beginning of cinema? Almost. It all started with a set of circumstances that wouldn't be amiss today. What do you mean? Well, there's a sort of parallel to the video nasty debate of the 1980s, or even Brexit perhaps, when claims were made that unregulated entertainment was destroying the moral fibre of the country. You see, up to 1912, the relatively new medium of cinema was unregulated. However, religious groups and daily newspapers, to your favourites, Graham, had their (laughs) doubts about its potentially subversive influence. It all came to a head with a film called From the Manger to the Cross, a movie, not surprisingly given that title, about the life of Jesus. It was released in the UK in 1912. It is a remarkably reverential film about Jesus. However, it showed the image of the Christ on screen, and that was enough for the, wait for it, Daily Mail and its readers to be outraged. The newspaper led a campaign against this uncensored material being shown to the general public. Although I would add from my research, the clergy who saw it weren't that offended. Graham, the film's on YouTube. Can we put a link to it? Sure, it'll be in the show notes. Back to From the Manger to the Cross. I take it the film was banned? Not exactly, although it did disappear for many years. What happened was, thanks to the Daily Mail, Parliament created the BBFC, British Board of Film Council, which is an advisory body, and they could apply one of two certificates to any film. They were U, Universal, which meant they were suitable for children. Neil, you'll be all right. A, Adults. Councils could decide if these films could be shown and children must always be accompanied by an adult. Now, this is the thing to note. It's advisory. Any council in Britain could override these certificates, and that can still happen today. In fact, it recently happened with a film called A Northern Soul, where a council reduced the 15 certificate to a 12A. Now, these first certificates came into effect on the 1st of January 1913 and lasted until 1932 in that format. Did that lead to any horror films getting banned during this period? Not that I could find. In fact, up until Universal unleashed the horror film, replacing, in effect, the spook picture, which we've previously spoken about, the main concern was removing anything from films that could be conceived as revolutionary. So The Golem, probably the first monster movie, a German film from 1915, although not released in Britain for a number of years because of the war, almost certainly was censored because of its message about oppressed people rising up. No one wanted a repeat of the Russian Revolution. No, for spook or horror films, the majority of them were given A certificates. A good case in point, one we covered in our Silent Horrors podcast, was the 1925 Phantom of the Opera starring Lone Chaney. That got an A and is still a PG to this day. I would say that's a fair certificate for certain sequences of that film despite it being almost 100 years old. So it was the sound movies of Dracula and Frankenstein that caused problems. For sure. The hype and success of these films certainly caused a stir. 
After all, as we mentioned in a previous podcast, suddenly the term spook pictures stopped being used and they became horror pictures. As you can imagine, the Daily Mail was outraged. <laughs> Dracula, aren't they? Well, exactly. <laughs> Dracula 1931 came first. However, it was Frankenstein later that year, starring Boris Karloff, which caused the problems. Uh, how come? Even before its release in America, the studio decided to remove a sequence in which the creature kills a young girl by throwing her into a lake. It's now reinstated in prints today. However, many felt that this wasn't enough and the whole tone of the film was wrong. Even though Frankenstein was given an A certificate for British cinemas, Manchester Council decided to ban the movie outright as unsuitable. In response to this and concerns from other councils, the BBFC, with press pressure, decided to introduce a new certificate. And the H certificate was born. H for horror certificate was introduced in 1932. It meant that only people over the age of 16 could be admitted into the film. Again, it was advisory and a council could override that age limit if it wanted to. Why the sudden attack on horror films? A great question, Neil. Thank you. <laughs> I think the hype and success of these films, which were essentially dark fairy tales, were believed to warp minds. <laughs> Stranger, you don't watch them though, Neil. No, no, because it warps my mind. Yeah, yeah it's too late. Um, <laughs> unfortunately... This is a belief which continues to this day, mainly, I suspect, among small-minded people. Oh. <laughs> well, I thought that was a joke about me. <laughs> it was. We are moving into censored territory. No, I think we're beyond censored territory, aren't we? <laughs> OK, so this is where the story gets a bit fuzzy, as there does not seem to be accurate record kept on all the films which received the H certificate. I totaled somewhere in the region of 30 films which received the H certificate until that was replaced in 1950. Not surprisingly, most of the Frankenstein films got that certificate. Son of Frankenstein and Ghost of Frankenstein from the Universal Stable got them. It seems the word Frankenstein <laughs> automatically gave the film a H certificate, like the word chainsaw impacted on a film certificate in the 1980s. That includes the most highly acclaimed of the Frankenstein films, The Bride of Frankenstein, although it was, as many of the H certificate films were, still successful. How does that make any sense? It doesn't. And if you think that was weird, when Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs was released in 1937, that got an A certificate. Hang on. The British censors certainly seem to have a thing about horror. Did they refuse to release any horror films during this period? Yes, they did. Also, even though films were given H certificates, they were still cut for British audiences if required. Oh, However, let's look at four of these films which were banned in the early 1930s. As two have gone on to be classics of the genre, while two remain obscure and in one case with good reason. The first up, and to this day most controversial, is Freaks, 1932. Mm, very disturbing, very disturbing. Have you seen it? Well, Have you seen it? I've now? seen excerpts no. from it. I've seen it's... the whole thing. Oh. It's, it is very, very disturbing. Yeah. Um, anyway, director Todd Browning was riding high in the industry after his success with Universal's Dracula film. Uh, more on that coming shortly. MGM, one of the biggest studio, poached him with the promise that he could make any horror film he wanted. Browning, who had worked in a circus in his youth, wanted to make a film in sympathy with those physically impaired performers. By using real disabled performers, the film was as shocking then as it is today. In fact, it was so shocking that after its premiere, MGM recalled the film for edits to lessen its impact. 
In fact, one woman in America tried to sue MGM, saying watching the film, even in the censored American version, caused her to have a miscarriage. Such a powerful horror film never stood a chance of coming to the UK, and it was banned outright. It remained banned until it received an uncut ex certificate in 1963. I've seen this when it was shown on Channel 4 in the 80s, and I would say to anyone thinking of watching it, be mindful of the time it was made and the way such people were treated back then. It remains shocking. A footnote to Freaks, it was so reviled at the time, now acclaimed as a masterpiece, that it effectively destroyed Todd Browning's career, and he retired a few years later. Freaks is not in the public domain, so we cannot link to it. However, our show notes will link to a trailer for the film on YouTube. I have warned you on that. I understand that one of the other films banned in this period had a lot of British connections. Indeed, The Island of Lost Souls is a paramount horror film based on the book The Island of Dr Moreau by H.G. Wells Mm. and starred Charles Lawton. It was just before Lawton, a big English star, was about to win the Best Actor Oscar for playing Henry VIII. So he plays Dr Moreau, who's been experimenting in turning animals into humans through vivisections. And that got it banned? Oh, yeah. The British censors who reviewed the film (laughs) banned it outright with a comment. It was against nature and God. It did not get a certificate for the UK until 1958, an ex-certificate, and had to be cut for that. It was eventually released, uncut, in the UK in 2011 on DVD, where, guess what? It got a PG certificate. (laughs) Incredible. I believe this is also not in the public domain, but I'll put a link in for the trailer in the show notes. Jeff, you say the other two films on your list are not as famous as these. What are they? I'll briefly mention these as time is passing and we need to finish before sunrise. (laughs) (laughs) There was The Monster Walks, 1932, banned, I think, because of an alleged animal treatment within the film. Interestingly, this cheap old dark house murder mystery, although banned in Britain, was one of the very first films screened on American TV in the 1940s. It didn't get a certificate in the UK until 2010 when it was passed PG on DVD, probably because it had been forgotten by then. (laughs) Now, this is in the public domain and we'll put a link to it in the show notes. And finally, there is Black Moon in 1934. Faye Ray, famous for appearing in King Kong, Mm -hmm. it was her last horror film. Banned for a number of years, it is now in the public domain and the link is in the show notes. Be warned, the sexual and racial politics of this film are shocking today for reasons that would have been fine back in 1934. And this is an aside, the censors banned it because, and I quote, we don't want our darkies acting like this because it'll make them bad up north. Right, okay. (laughs) What the f... Once that isn't me, that is genuine. Um, Did the the age certificates stop horror films being made? It's funny you should ask that. It certainly had a major impact in the UK. Why put a film into production which may never be released? However, the vast majority of the age certificates were given to American films. And yet, this seemed to stop during the period 1936 to 39. Now, there's a theory, which I found out reading about this when I was researching this podcast that the American studios, worried about the uncertainty of releasing horror films in the UK market, decided to stop making them for a time. The truth, I think, is a combination of two reasons. Firstly, since Dracula, there had been such a glut of horror movies, the public had got bored of them, and they were not making money. Secondly, the American moral and religious groups used the UK as an example that no one wanted to see these films, and used that fact as a basis of a crusade against Hollywood. 
This unofficial embargo lasted until 1939. At that point, Universal made its third Frankenstein film, the last time Boris Karloff played the creature, and it was a huge box office smash, despite the hate certificate in the UK for The Son of Frankenstein. After that, there was World War Two. Did that have any impact? Absolutely. During the majority of the war years, all horror films were banned and the hate certificate suspended. They felt it was bad for morale. But, hey, you can go out and kill someone. Uh, interestingly, when the hate certificate was reintroduced after the war, some councils, such as Huddersfield and Oldham, always forward-thinking places there, decided, <laughs> decided they didn't want any horror films anyway and banned them all outright. A good job we've been fighting Hitler and co to restore freedom of speech, local council fascists. <laughs> what happened to the age certificate? It was replaced in 1950 with the X certificate. The new certificate was introduced as films were starting to tackle more adult themes. So horror was not as marginalised as it was previously and put into a more general grouping. Interestingly, the X certificate, like the H certificate, set the condition that no one under the age of 16 was allowed to view these films. Although, as an aside... The censors uh, that set that up later said it was the biggest mistake they made and they should have originally set the X certificate as 18. So horror films became more acceptable? In a sense, yes. The one British company which was to specialise in horror films learned how to use the X certificate to their advantage. Hammer Films had made a good living with films based on radio serials. When the Quatermass experiment was a huge hit as a BBC TV series... Hammer branched out and bought the rights to make it as a film. They were going for an X certificate. They renamed it the Quatermass X Experiment. <laughs> a wonderful marketing campaign and a huge success followed. Their composer of choice for Hammer was James Bernard, who would later be their studio composer for many horror films such as Dracula. And we're going to be returning to him in a future pod short. For the time being, have a listen to his excellent, excellent... Oh, we get it. Yeah, title for... The Quatermass Experiment. became a big horror studio and they didn't care about the X certificate on their films? To a certain extent, that's true, Neil. As they recreated their own horror movie cycle, the X certificate in the early films proved a big draw in getting people into cinemas. However, as Hammer were very cost-conscious, they tended to take their scripts to the censors before filming started and ask them what they would cut out if the, they saw that in the finished film. Following their advice... They often didn't film the sequences that got them into trouble, thereby saving themselves money. Interestingly, one of the scripts they took to the censor was written for them by American writer Richard Matheson, based on his novel I Am Legend. This is, of course, about a world full of vampires. The censors told Hammer if they filmed it, they would ban it outright. Sadly, that script was never filmed. Over time, as Hammer's box office started to fall, they did, however, increase the sex and violence in their films in an effort to draw customers in. Times and, indeed, certificates were changing. What do you mean? In 1970, a full change of British certification took place. There were now four certificates. U, universal. A, advisories, recommended for over five, so you'd be all right now. Yeah, thank you. Double A for over 14. That's me. And X for over 18. 
just in time for the early 1970s. Is that when films became more explicit? Oh, yes. The Exorcist and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre were both films from that period. Also, key horror films are about to be banned. The Last House on the Left and The Texas Chainsaw Massacre were banned in the UK for many years. And don't forget, local councils still had the right to ban films, and many banned The Exorcist and Ken Russell's The Devils. Things then took a more interesting turn in the 1980s with the growth of home video. The Daily Mail, remember them from 1912 and unfortunately still running, led a campaign to ban what they called video nasties. At that point in time, videos were released uncut and uncertified. The Daily Mail and its fascist <laughs> readers were outraged. <laughs> you can tell I'm not a reader. No. Uh, this in turn led to not the <laughs> this in turn led to the Video Recordings Act of 1984, where all films had to be certified. Now, what's interesting with this? These certificates are legally binding and stops council from imposing their own draconian views on what they want people to watch. That should have made life simpler. Well, yes and no. At this time. Too much power was with one man, James Furman, the head censor. It was he who stopped The Exorcist, remember an ex in the cinema, from ever having a certificate on video, and the continued banning of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or indeed any film with the word chainsaw in the title. Thankfully, Furman's dead now. That's a bit harsh. I mean, he was a nasty person. I saw <laughs> um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre in late 70s. What, you saw it? Yeah. You did? Yeah, we had it at college. Hang on, uh, when you say the late 70s, do you mean your age, the late 70s, oh. or the 1970s? I was at college, and they, oh, they okay. did a film. We were on strike or something, and to encourage us on strike, they put a film festival thing on, and they put uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and everybody oh. came in. To see it. Well, <laughs> yeah. I saw the Tesco Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> chain store massacre. They were, that was when they, they were selling them for half price, and everybody they were, wanted to they come in. They were a punk band, and I saw them at the oh, right. yeah at the Devizes Corn Exchange. They were brilliant. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know how much <laughs> work I put into this. <laughs> what are mates for? I'm sorry, this is our role. <laughs> To pour scorn on your hard work. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I wouldn't have started there if I was there. Thankfully, today the system's much fairer. Horror films can still get banned. The Human Centipede Part 2 had extensive cuts to be shown. However, and we now have a slightly different problem. You see, after all we've spoken about over 100 years of cinema and certification, horror films are still marginalised in the UK. I'll give you an example. The Woman in Black was first given a 15 certificate. However, all the fans of Daniel Radcliffe complained and the film had cuts to get it to a 12A certificate. In America, it was passed uncut with a PG-13 ruling. And that's the thing. Many PG-13 horror films from the States are categorised here as 15. Take films like Truth or Dare or Happy Death Day, a higher certificate year than in the States. I'll put the question out to listeners. Have we really come forward that much? Fascinating. However, I notice daylight is fast approaching and it's time for you to return home. So it's time for you to be certified and certainly for family entertainment, I feel an ex-certificate may be returning. Cheers, Graham. See you on the next one. And you, Neil. (laughs) I was working in the lab late one night. Do you know that record was banned in Britain? No. Honestly, read that Monster Match was banned by Radio 62. It was banned because they felt it was too horrific. They played it when I was about 10 at school assembly. We were allowed to play one single. 
Um, oh, when it was re-released in the 70s, uh, it went into the charts. But yeah, it was no, this brand- would have been 69, 70 maybe. Yeah. Let's have a look when the band came in. It was on the radio a lot more. When the band came they in. When the band. No, that's uh, completely different. The band with the backing group. Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the match. It's now the monster match. The monster match. And it's a graveyard smash. It's now the match. It's caught on in a flash. It's now the match. It's now the monster match. Now everything's cool. Drax a part of the band. And my monster mash is the hit of the land. For you, the living, this mash was meant to. When you get to my door, tell them what is said. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. The monster mash. And do my graveyard smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Then you can monster mash. Mash. Ooh. 